to Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems Tech Talk podcast. Our goal is to bring you useful information and offer solutions for your applications and analytical needs. Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems represents a group of companies existing of Teledyne Techmar, Teledyne SeaTech, Teledyne Lehman Lab, and Teledyne Hastings. Welcome back to Tax Talk Podcast. Today we'll be discussing best practices for mass flow controllers. Our guest speaker is Doug Baker, who is the Director of Sales and Business Development at Teledyne Hastings. Doug is going to talk with us today about mass flow controllers, what they are, how they work, applications, and best practices. So to give you a quick background on Doug, he has a PhD from William & Mary in experimental atomic physics, where he was very fortunate to learn about ultra-high vacuum. Doug has been at Hastings for over 25 years and got his start there as an engineering manager where he worked and developed developed both flow and vacuum products. Doug is active with the American Vacuum Society and was former chair of their vacuum technology division. And he is currently the treasurer of the Mid-Atlantic chapter for the American Vacuum Society. Welcome, Doug. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, Betsy. Thanks for having me. So to start the podcast, let me uh, just start with a good question and an easy one. What is mass flow controller? What, What is it? And give us a little bit of background. Sure. So quite simply, a mass flow controller is an instrument that controls the amount of gas going into a process. And yes, there are mass flow controllers that handle liquids, but we're going to restrict our discussion today about gas flow. And if I can expand the topic a little bit, uh, Teledyne designs and builds mass flow meters as well as mass flow controllers. So before we get into discussing the mass flow controller, let's quickly talk about mass flow meters because all of our mass flow controllers include a mass flow meter, but not all mass flow meters are controllers. Gotcha. Okay. So in our mass flow meter, we have a thermal mass flow sensor. And this sensor measures the amount of heat absorbed by the gas as it flows through. In our flow sensor, we're talking about a a few SCCM of gas. That's a standard cubic centimeters per minute. So just a little bit of flow going through the actual thermal mass flow sensor. Now we can scale up the flow metering by using what we call a bypass or or shunt. Most of the gas is going to flow flows passes through the shunt, but a certain ratio moves then through the thermal mass flow sensor. And so we we can measure flows from very small, like a few SCCM, to very large flows, like 15,000 standard liters per minute of gas flow. Okay, so now we we have our mass flow meter, and then to build a mass flow controller, we're going to add a proportional control valve. Now, you know, as you have, you have valves around your house, house you know, some valves are, are either on or off, like those automatic sink valves in the airport, right? They're either on or they're off. But with a proportional control valve, you can open those valves a little bit or a lot, just like, you know, the, the valve in your sink, where you can open it all the way or just halfway, that kind of thing. That's, that's a proportional control valve. And I often tell people to think of a mass flow controller like cruise control in your car, Right, you tell your car how fast you want to go, and it's going to do whatever it can to maintain that rate. So that's what a mass flow controller is going to do. It's going to accept your gas flow command, and it's going to compare that command to the actual flow, and then decide if it should open the valve a little bit more or close the valve a little bit more. 
That's what a, flow, a mass flow controller is doing. And the real power of a mass flow controller is that no matter what's going on with your system, the pressure, the temperature, no matter what's going on, the flow controller is going to do everything it can to maintain a stable flow of gas into the process. So is the, the meter and the valve all compi- comprised up into what you would call the mass flow controller then? Are they all, is it all one item? Are they... that, that's right, Betsy. So it's, it's all on one base. It's all one instrument. So you know, a typical mass flow controller is about the size of your hand, right? You can hold it in your hand. And we integrate the flow meter, the control valve, uh, the the uh, uh, the PID control loop, the electronics, everything you need. So you're going to take your cable and plug in, power it up, and then you can quickly uh, be up and running and controlling gas flow. So you said that you can measure from low SCCM, I got that correct or not, to a lot of flow. What What would be typical applications for low to a lot of flow? Right. So a low flow application might be, you know, someone working in nanotechnology where they're making very, very small devices and they want to uh, control, say, into a vacuum system, a little uh, bit of um, uh, of gas into their system. So, you know, maybe they have a certain um, chemical reaction um, and they want to have a, a particular type of gas and they want to control the stoichiometry, um, that would be an example of a, a very small uh, flow rate. Uh, very large flows, um, w- I was just working with a customer at a national lab where they need to cool the magnets and um, their uh, particle detectors. And so they are handling very large flows of helium. Lots of flow because they're they're using it to to control temperature. They're using it to cool, make sure that the magnets don't uh, overheat. And so that would be an example where we have very large flows. Um, and one of the nice things ab- about working here at Teledyne is that we have the flow standards. We have the infrastructure, gas supply that we can handle very small flows, and we can handle very large flows. Um, we have the infrastructure to to, to do all that. So that's a pretty pretty broad type of applications from one extreme to another. Um, so the topic of the webinar or the podcast today, sorry, is best practices. So for these expanse of applications, is there some are there some best practices that you could recommend that might cover both of the, or both ends of the spectrum or some for the lower lower um, volume? Absolutely. Um, So we talked a little bit earlier about the thermal mass flow sensor. And and that flow sensor is based off a small capillary tube. Uh, Remember, we said that we were going to measure the amount of heat flow as as, uh, absorbed by the gas as it flows through. And and we're talking about a capillary uh, tube. So if the gas is oily or has other contaminants, and, and that's true of, of small flows and very large flows, um, you may be setting yourself up for a premature failure. So good, clean gas supply um, is always a good practice. And, um, you know, if you have any doubt about what's in your gas line, uh, you might want to use a, a particle filter uh, to make sure that, you know, any sort of particulates coming down uh, through the gas line are, are filtered out and don't contaminate your process and certainly don't contaminate the mass flow meter or mass flow controller. Would that... um, and it isn't just the... 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Would if there was any contamination in the the gas flow, would it um, degrade your your data? Yeah, it can over time. And so what what can happen is that you can get buildup of oil in the capillary tube, and that represents as a a, a slow degradation of the um, calibration. So um, yeah, so it, it's interesting in the service department, um, you know. We'll tell a, a customer, hey, you know, you, you, this this unit is contaminated. They say, no, it's not contaminated. Well, here here's a picture of of oil pouring out of your <laughs> mass flow meter or mass mass flow. Yeah, so the digital camera has really changed the uh, how we can handle um, of service calls. Because the last thing you want to do is insult the customer by telling them that their gas supply is really not as as clean as they they think it is. But but over time, um, you you can get oil build up, or you know, we'll see all sorts of interesting uh, things that get swept down through. Through, through uh, gas lines, uh, bits of Teflon tape, or sometimes even hardware—you know, little little screws and things like that. Now, some of our meters and controllers have um, a center disc on the inlet, so it'll stop some of that. Um, but others do not, like our la- large laminars. We don't have any filtration uh, on there because customers want low pressure drop, so we don't add pressure drop by by adding our own filter. But again, that that's a that's a that's a good practice. And and it isn't just the flow sensor that benefits. Um, some of our small smallest uh, control valves have orifices the diameter of uh, a human hair, really small passageways because we're controlling such such yeah uh, really low flows. Um, so it doesn't take much with those kind of small passageways to have a problem. So again, uh, clean gas will will extend the lifetime and improve the performance of of your uh, mass flow controller or mass flow meter. I just can't imagine something so small as a a, the diameter of your hair. That's just tiny. Right, right. So one of the things we talk about um, when when we're talking about proportional valve is if if you think about the um, the orifice itself, measure the diameter of the orifice, and then and and then you have the seal that's over the orifice. So the orifice is is just a hole, right, and a piece of a piece of steel, and then you have the plunger that, that, that can close off. The difference between fully closed and fully open is one quarter of that diameter. So we lift the valve seat one quarter of a diameter above the orifice, and that's pretty much fully open. So the passageways are, are, can be really, really small, and um, it doesn't take much of a particulate to, to really uh, gum up the works. Yeah, but... Yeah. So one of the other things I was going to say is, you know, once you once you've installed your flow controller, once you have your your gas lines installed, you want to make sure that everything is is leak tight. And and this is true for uh, high flows as well as low flows. And and you can do this with either a, a pressure decay test, uh, where you take the line up to some pressure and then valve off the upstream uh, gas supply, and and you watch for any uh, immediate pressure decay. Um, or a better technique is you can use what's called uh, snoop. Uh, this is stuff that um, Swagelock makes, right? It's basically, you know, soap bubbles. So you spray the soap bubble, uh, soap material over the fittings, and make sure that you don't see any bubbles forming. Um, so leaks, you know, they cause inaccuracies in the flow measurement. Obviously, if you've got a leak out the side of a, of a line, you're not going to measure all the flow going through your system. And large leaks can actually interfere with uh, with flow control. I'm sure, yeah. And and whether you're you're talking about uh, low flows or high flows, you're going to get your best valve performance on a flow controller if you have well-behaved pressures, both upstream and downstream of the, of the mass flow controllers. So, you know, um, 
I tell people, you know, go ahead and invest in a good regulator, uh, uh, a pressure regulator upstream of, of your system and, and make sure it's, it's sized properly. You can talk to the regulator folks and tell them about your application and, and they'll make sure that, that you're, you've got a properly sized regulator. So are there any unique features on the controllers that make Hastings, their, your controllers stand out above others? Yes. So our 300 view has several uh, convenient features. Um, the most obvious one when you look at the 300 view is the optional color touchscreen display. And there are, other, there are other MFCs out there with little displays that provide the flow rate. But the graphical display of the 300 view allows the user to see the plot of the flow over time. And, and you say, well, so what? Well, the nice thing is that you can observe trends in the flow meter or flow controller. So you can see if, if, if flow is slowly decaying, or you can watch for any signs of instability uh, that may be creeping into the system. So, you know, at first it may seem like something that's just kind of a luxury, but it, it can be really powerful to just glance up and see uh, what the flow history is going, going into your uh, system. And with the 300 view, we also have um, an on-screen totalizer that allows you to quickly see how much gas has been used in a process. So, and, and the best way to think about the totalizer is to think about your car again. Think about the odometer in your car. If the flow rate is the speedometer, then the totalizer is like the odometer. It's going to add up over time how much gas has gone into a process. So that can be very nice when, when you're looking at gas usage. Um, yeah. Yeah. And finally, that on is the, kind of a nice thing. Yeah. And, and also on the 300 view, we have the USB port. Uh, that allows the uh, user to quickly connect with our free Windows software so they can set up their flow controller, they can control it, and, and many people use it just for the data logging features. That allows them to collect flow data over long periods of time, uh, store the data to an Excel file, and then you know, plot and analyze you know, what's, what's going on with their, with their application or with their experiment. And, and if you're a, a LabVIEW user, uh, if you use National Instruments Lab use the the serial USB port. Um, our certified LabVIEW drivers uh, for the 300 view are available from uh, ni.com. So you go to the ni.com website and look for Teledyne Mass Flow Controller, and you can find those uh, those LabVIEW drivers. They're free. You download them. They're certified. Uh, they're going to work uh, in your LabVIEW application. Um, and let me say a little bit more about um, all of our Mass Flow Controllers, not just the 300 view. Uh, you know, we talked before about, you know, small flow controllers, large flow controllers, and the size of the orifice and the, the shunt, all that sort of stuff. So what we do is we size the instrument based on uh, the application-specific requirements, right? So we're going to talk about, we're going to find out about the flow rate, what gas is being used, what are the upstream uh, conditions, uh, pressure conditions, you know, max and min. What are the downstream pressure conditions, max and min? And so, you know, rather than try to do a one size fits all, oh, we're going to select the best components uh, for your flow controller uh, for your application. Um, so we're very happy to talk to users about you know, what they're doing. Uh, they can call us, they can email us. Uh, we also have a real nice feature on our website, a live chat. Um, you can just type in your question, and an application engineer is going to pick up the conversation and, and, and run with it. So we're very happy to talk to you and hear about your application. Well, that's that's a really great point. Um, so I know on your website you have a lot of different options for mass flow controllers. And um, 
you know, I, that's one. So how would someone know what flow controller is best for their needs? And obviously you just mentioned to contact, um, contact Hastings to help with that. Um, are there any other things that you could share with potential users on how they would select the controller that best meets their needs? Yeah, that, that's a great question because we, we really try not to oversell. Um, our 200 series analog flow meters and flow controllers are, are very good, general purpose, very stable. Um, the accuracy on that is, you know, plus or minus 1% of full scale. Um, you know, but our 300 view, it's faster, has a better accuracy specification, and then has all those features and options that I talked about earlier, like the USB port and optional color touchscreen display. Um, so the first thing to decide um, is, you know, if you just need reliable gas flow control or if the success of your process is really dependent upon, you know, getting the best measurement accuracy, uh, you know, that's, that's available. Um, and decide whether or not you just need uh, an analog uh, mass flow controller that will operate off of analog voltages or whether you need some of these other uh, digital features like totalizer and, and set points and things like that. So, you know, once you've selected the series, now then we're going to talk about what size uh, body is going to be required. Specifically, we're going to talk about the flow rates and their upstream and downstream pressures. So obviously, the higher the flow rate, the larger the base and the bypass shunt is going to need to be. And again, the good news, you know, you don't have to walk alone. You can call us, email us, live chat. Um, you're going to talk to an, a an application engineer, um, you know, not just an order entry, um, you know, salesperson. You know, the, we, the, our live chat is, is, is staffed by applications engineers. And, and again, we're happy to listen to you and learn about your application and your requirements. That's really nice to know that you're you're there if they need to reach out to you. Um, I just had one final question, and it sort of probably fit in earlier when we were talking. Um, but just just because I'm curious, are there applications that involve or would require more than one um, controller? Yeah, so um, some do and, and many, many others do not. So like with the uh, Tecmar perch and trap uh, instruments, um, there's one mass flow controller for the entire instrument. Um, but I've seen a large automated uh metallic thin film deposition systems that have as many as 20 mass flow controllers all running in parallel. Yeah, um, you know, the width of double the size of a, a good size desk, uh, you know, very large uh, deposition systems. Um, there are a lot of gas blending applications um, like, you know, welding cover gas or food packaging or, or maybe a plasma process where the user may want two, three, or four mass flow controllers to, to mix uh, gas um, they'll mix the pure gas into the desired ratios. Another example would be uh, flame spray applications, like a, um, uh, for doing hardening or um, corrosion resistance, where you're going to have oxygen, acetylene uh, mixed with air. So, you know, the number of mass flow controllers depends on the application. We see a lot of different things. And, uh, again, we're always happy to learn about uh, new applications. So we, we welcome folks to, uh, to contact us. Sounds like just about anywhere you could could put a mass flow controller where there's some type of a flow going through in your process. Right. Yes. Well, that's really interesting. So, Doug, that is all we have time for today. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners learned a lot about mass flow controllers. I know I did and how they're used and where they're used. Um, so I just wanted to tell our 
our audience that we will include links on, on our podcast channel under this episode for some other useful information relating to mass flow controllers. And as Doug had said, there's always the online chat where they can reach out to, to you guys directly. So I think that's a really nice Nice to know that that exists. So thank you for your time today, Doug. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to the Tax Tech Talk podcast. For more information about our products and the solutions we offer, please visit www.teledyneacs.com. If you like this podcast, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing this show. That way you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time.